you are listening to the Inclusion Revolution Radio. I'm your podcast host, Noby Craven. I'm a Special Olympics DC athlete and a Special Olympics international employee. On this podcast, I interview athletes, partners, ambassadors, employees, and supporters of Special Olympics. This podcast is for anyone and everyone who's interested in Special Olympics and the work that we do. New episodes premiere every other Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to the seventh episode of season four of the Inclusion Revolution Radio Podcast. My name is Nova Craven. I'm your host for today's episode. Today, we, we will be talking with Melissa Alterbein, Senior Manager of Fitness and Healthy Lifestyle, Gwen Apagar, Manager of Fitness to Sports Performance, Sean Nevels, Manager of Fitness and Health in Schools, and Jennifer Pittman, Manager of Healthy Families. Welcome all to the Inclusion Revolution Podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. What many people don't know about Special Olympics is that in addition to being the largest sport organization for people with intellectual disabilities, Special Olympics is also a leading health organization. Some of the ways we encourage a healthy lifestyle is to share best fitness practices with our athletes and healthy information among families. With the National Family Health and Fitness Day taking place Saturday, September 24th, we're so happy to have all of our guests today to discuss how Special Olympics empowers everyone to live a healthy and full life. Before we begin with, with our guests, I'm excited to be joined by my co-host, Abe Assad. Abe is a Special Olympics athlete, health messenger, and consultant. Abe, I can't wait to explore the topic of health with you today. Thank you so much, Nobi, for inviting me to be here today. You're, you're absolutely welcome. Melissa, I'll start with you. Can you tell me more about your background and what brought you to Special Olympics? Well, thanks, Novi. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I recognize your voice because you are often playing in my kitchen while I'm cooking dinner. Um, I uh, got involved with Special Olympics when I was young. Um, My older sister, Lauren, is an athlete in Special Olympics Pennsylvania, and she participates in multiple sports. So as a kid, we would go to her practices, um, my siblings and my dad and I, and I just love seeing the way everyone came together, um, felt energized afterwards, and we're truly having a fun time and doing a really healthy activity together. Gwen, how did you become part of the organization? Uh, yeah, so similar to Melissa, and I'm probably sure others on today's podcast, um, I've been an athlete my entire life. So played a variety of sports, uh, field hockey, basketball, soccer, swimming, tennis, the list goes on and on. Um, but it really wasn't until high school that I really started to work with individuals with disabilities more. Um, I went to a really inclusive high school and they're actually now a unified champion school, which is really exciting. But um, it was kind of during those experiences that I was like, wow, this is something I look forward to every single week. And then, you know, those interactions in the hallways were sometimes the best parts of my day. So uh, from there, I was truly hooked. And I want to say the rest is history. Um, I went to the University of Virginia, where I studied kinesiology. Um, and then I stayed into my master's. So I did kinesiology focusing in disabilities. So learning all about physical activity, modifying different uh, skills for individuals with disabilities, um, 
And with all these experiences, there was both kind of things locally in my community, but I started getting some more global experiences. And I just thought it was really cool to, you know, go into another country, another culture and just learn from them and, you know, get to meet these different people and just expand my knowledge and my viewpoint about disabilities. So um, from there, it was kind of, I think I was pretty hooked from the start about Special Olympics, but I think getting that global experience was something really exciting for me. So that's something even now I really love at that Special Olympics VR global. And then I get to work with so many different people from all across the world. Um, and now it's fun being in my current position, making resources, training athlete leaders. Um, and I've been here for almost four years, which is really, really exciting. Jennifer, what drew you to Special Olympics? Yeah, well, I was introduced to Special Olympics through my son. He is 15 years old and he has autism and he is a Special Olympics athlete here where we live in Florida. Uh, his sport of choice is track and field. So getting that opportunity to cheer him on as he runs the 200 or the four by four kind of increased my passion for Special Olympics. Um, when I found the opportunity to, you know, combine my passion of public health with the opportunity of, of supporting families like mine, I could not help but to join, uh, jump at the opportunity to join the health team. So I'm glad that I'm with the team and I really love that I'm able to continue to serve in my passion of public health and support other families. Sean, I would love to hear how you got started. Yeah, thanks for the question, Obi. I appreciate it. Well, I like to tell people I'm an educator and coach by trade, but my first experiences with Special Olympics is when I was a student, uh, first in high school and then again in college. Um, the high school I went to, or I, you know, I went to in uh, St. Louis, uh, hosted a Special Olympics event. And as an athlete, I was a leader uh, with with a partner and we worked together in the track and field events. And then the same thing happened when a couple of years later when I was in college, um, our school hosted a, a Special Olympics event. And I was able to have that exact same experience, but um, my, my push in the movement really took, took off when I was a, a teacher, when I became a teacher, my first couple of years of teaching. Um, I taught adaptive physical education in one of the larger districts in Missouri. So I had the opportunity to work with students in the special education program and do a lot of physical activities, games, lessons. And we also um, hosted a community event, which has gone on now for almost 10 years, um, where we bring students from all three of the public high schools together um, with Unified Partners to, um, to do activities and games and compete um, together. Um, but from there, I kind of kept kept the movement at heart. When I was a head football coach, I always took my my players out, my athletes out to uh, Special Olympics events to volunteer uh, and do that. One of my favorite ones was weightlifting. That's always fun and exciting to see and witness. Um, but you know, through my years and now here, I'm fortunate to be a part of the fitness team. And I came on now about six months ago, just a little over six months. So I'm fairly new to the organization. But again, the movement's always been in my heart. Awesome. St. Louis. Speaking of St. Louis, so you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Of course I am. Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I can talk about St. Louis all, all day. I can talk about Yachty all day. Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, I would love, love to definitely shoot it over to my co-host, Abe. Thank you for sharing that. This is, this question is for everyone. What is your favorite thing to do to get up and active? I love this question. I'm happy to start. 
Um, so I shared that I swam in college and I'm lucky because I found triathlon after that. So I was able to still do a sport I love. I had some running injuries. So then I joined a cycling team, but my new favorite activity is hiking. I live in Colorado. And one of my favorite things to do is go on a trail called the Colorado Trail. It runs over 500 miles. So I just do a little bit at a time, right? One step at a time. And then, um, especially during the winter, as the daylight gets darker, I really like to work on my strength training and I do my weights or maybe pop on a school of strength video. How about you, Jennifer? I think my favorite activity is doing yoga. I love yoga. It's great for your mind and your body, a great way to get your day started. Uh, I'll combine that with some strength training and a bike ride with my family and I'm good to go. How about you, Karen? Yeah, so I mine is kind of like um, Jennifer's. I like hot yoga. That's it's it's fun. It's great to be in that atmosphere and really get a good stretch, a deep stretch um, under those extreme conditions. But I also have in my in my garage, I have my own kind of fitness gym. I like to call it my dojo. So when I'm here <laughs> in between Zoom Zooms and podcasts, I just run over and get a workout in. How about you, Quinn? Uh, yeah, so I think for me, I just kind of love trying new things. I feel like I'm often switching up my routine, you know, seeing what new classes are available. Um, I love doing that. I've been really into dance classes lately. It's been just like really fun to get moving and express myself that way. Cycling, running, and then in the past year, I've been learning a lot more about strength conditioning. So I feel a lot more comfortable now lifting weights as well. Jennifer. Why is it so important that, spe that special Olympics engages families as a whole? You know, I really love this question. I think that from my experience as a mom, it's really the norm to focus on our athlete and making sure that the athlete of our family is successful and healthy. But the thing that I've learned growing up and that I've carried into adulthood is that I can't take care of my athlete unless I take care of myself. So I have to make sure as a family member or if you're a sibling, a caregiver, that I'm healthy. So I'm glad that Special Olympics provides opportunities, provide education and resources for families to be healthy together. And hey, it's fun. It's fun to get together and, and do a workout together or cook a healthy meal together. So that's an added bonus there. Friend, how does Special Olympics promote healthy lifestyle through fitness and reach the most athletes possible? Uh, thanks for this question, Abe. Uh, one of my favorite things to say is that in order to be a great athlete, you need to be a healthy athlete. So uh, kind of like Jennifer was just saying, we want our athletes to perform at their best. They work so hard and, um, you know, we really want to make sure that they're also staying healthy too, because we don't want them to get injuries. We want them to be just so successful. So when I really think about fitness programming and what this looks like through sport, um, I look at what's happening, you know, during practice and training sessions, as well as in between when athletes are at home with their families, um, but also what happens at games and competitions, um, really with the goals of increasing that of physical activity minutes, we want our athletes to prevent injuries, uh, improve their sports performance, and of course be educated about these healthy behaviors and know why it is important to be healthy. So one key initiative that I work on a lot with this area is coach education. So 
Uh, we know with our athletes, it takes a village and our coaches are a really important and powerful role model for our athletes. So we need them to be setting that example and to be educating our athletes about fitness. So I'll train coaches to kind of give some of this health education, but also for them to think about what are they doing at practice? Are athletes standing around or are they getting active? Um, am I encouraging water breaks? Am I doing good warm-ups and cool-downs to make sure our bodies are recovering and you know getting warmed up to prevent those injuries? So that's a lot of you know more of that coach education side. So we'll do training sessions, make resources. Um, we've got a really awesome coach webinar series coming up where fitness will be a key topic. So um, that's kind of that side of things. Um, one new area for us is that we're looking at a new athlete leadership role. So kind of similar to how coaches are really good mo role models. We know that athletes look to other athletes. If their teammates are being active and healthy, that's going to inspire them to do the same. So we are starting a new athlete leadership role called fitness captains. And these fitness captains are going to encourage and empower their athletes to be healthy and fit, help their coach lead those warmups and cool downs. And again, be that really great example for fitness and health on the field of play. Sean, what are the benefits incorporating fitness programs in the school setting? Yeah, thanks for the question, though. First, I want to stress that our fitness programming um, has three big elements to it, and that's the importance of physical activity, nutrition, and hydration. And, you know, part of our fitness programming is to meet the National Physical Activity Guidelines for Youth and Achieving 60 Minutes or More Physical Activity a Day. But also our fitness programming can also be integrated into the classroom to meet the national health and physical education standards in addressing regular movement and healthy choices. Um, also, uh, point number two is our fitness programming supports the social emotional well-being of youth by addressing the need for students to work collaboratively and become unified in their efforts to support the well-being of their peers as well as their own. And the benefits youth gain from that is a reduction in bullying and an increase in social inclusion and acceptance. And then lastly, our fitness programming doesn't have to end in the classroom. Our resources can be translated into the whole school environment and create a climate and culture of healthy behavior, positive interactions, and social inclusion in the school and community. So Novi, essentially what we understand is that school is the foundation of a child's well-being and that uh, and the more educators are willing and able to incorporate fitness programming into the school day, uh, the more youth with and without intellectual disabilities are able to receive and achieve those benefits. Jennifer, can you tell me more about family health forums and how they help families? Sure. Well, family health forums are sponsored by Lions Club International Foundation. Uh, it's a standalone event at times. Sometimes it happens during a Special Olympics competition or a health screening. It's an opportunity for programs to bring together our families and healthcare professionals in their communities. So our programs, they select a health topic that is important to the families in their community. They invite a healthcare professional to come and provide health education and resources to those families. Um, it's a great opportunity to connect with other families and also a great, uh, a great introduction to Special Olympics for new families. So they are great events and all of our families seem, seem, seems to enjoy them. Melissa. What is the toughest challenge to get more athletes involved in fitness activities and how can Special Olympics overcome this challenge? It's a great question. 
I think I'll start with um, the fact that fitness may not be widely understood as to what it actually means. Um, so within Special Olympics, we describe fitness as optimal performance through adequate physical activity, nutrition, and hydration. And I think it really sums up what Gwen was saying, which is a fit athlete is a healthy athlete. So many people think fitness is exercise, but it's so much more than that. Um, it's about what we're putting into our bodies and including, you know, things like our fit five fruits and vegetables, um, choosing water and, and non-sugar sweetened beverages as part of our hydration choices. Um, so I think part of it is that we're communicating um, about what fitness actually is so that people think very widely and in um, a very holistic, meaning, meaning fully together kind of concept of fitness. And then I think we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to have a leadership role in fitness um, so that athletes can share health education with their teammates, whether it's during cool down or meeting up after and outside of practice um, for, for physical activity, a walk, um, encouraging teammates to track our fruits and vegetables and our sleep. I know that's one area I'm trying to make sure I keep as a priority. Um, so I think Special Olympics will continue to promote and um, share new ways to engage in leadership since all of our leadership is so important and we all learn from and support each other with our fitness and health goals. And then lastly, I think one thing that we want to work on is helping programs um, with their partnerships so that uh, we can all have opportunities outside of our sports practice to engage in physical activity. Um, whether that's a virtual programming, like an athlete-led Zumba class on Zoom, or it's participating in unified physical activity at a health center or gym, any type of opportunity in the community, we wanna make sure that as a fitness team, we're helping make those partnerships and opportunities so that um, we can stay active, not just when we're in our soccer practice or our track and field practice, but throughout our week. Jennifer, what does the future of family engagement help like to you? Well, I think we're doing a great job with our family health forums and the model that we've created with the one-time event. But what we want to grow into the future with is an opportunity to provide ongoing health education that is holistic for families on a year-round basis instead of just the standalone, well, including the standalone event. We want to do that. And so with hopes that this new model of providing ongoing health education will increase positive attitudes and encourage healthier behaviors within the homes for the entire family. So we talked about how our family is a big support um, and it's important for them to be healthy as uh, models for the athlete. So we're hoping to provide that education for them to do so um, within their homes on an ongoing basis. Fitness team, what does the future of fitness look like to you? I think when I'm looking at, you know, fitness through sports performance in my specific area, um, I mentioned earlier, you know, the importance of athlete leadership um, in our new role that we're creating called fitness captain. So I think it's really important that athletes are not only at the center of 
everything that we do, but they're also at the forefront. So having these athlete leaders on the field of play will be really important. And I think I'm just so excited to see that grow and hopefully expand globally. But I know as a, a team, we're also looking for other athlete leadership positions within fitness so that a lot of this is athlete driven programming and that athletes can learn and build this community together. I think um, I would I would build from what Gwen shared. I think on our team, we share a lot of similar values. Um, fitness to me looks like more discussions with teammates on how we can encourage and support each other's health goals. I know when I tell my friends or my family about a goal, maybe you all can relate to, I'm more likely to actually do it. Um, it also, in my opinion, looks like prioritizing our health through things like healthy sleep, um, eating a variety of healthy foods and choosing water. So again, not just not just what we do in sports practice, but what we do outside of it um, really helps with our with our health. Um, and I think similar to Gwen, uh, you know, seeing healthy food choices and water become the top options at practices, games, and competitions would also be really exciting and a key, key area. I know I also want to see um, athletes engaged in fitness in their communities and having opportunities outside of practice. Um, so more athletes to get trained or have opportunities to earn a certification that could maybe lead a fitness class at a gym or a virtual or home workout on Zoom. Uh, I'd also like to see more unified workouts um, at gyms and health centers. Um, so if that became more common and, and then people with and without intellectual disabilities can stay active together outside of sports practices. Uh, real quick to kind of jump in, you know, what, what does the future of fitness look like for me? Uh, what does that look like for me? And it's really about allowing our resources to drive um, the, the, the impact for our, for our youth and our students. Um, we just launched a new resource called High Five for Fitness back in July, just right before the school year started. And that resource is going to be in the hands of uh, about 52 of our United States programs. So taking that resource and, you know, really building off the success of other resources like School of Strength and Fit Five um, and, you know, supporting each other in the, in, the, in the drive and the push to impact youth and really create those healthy behaviors. Um, and like I said, we're going to support each other and really challenge each other to be better. So the more we work together, the better our youth become. And I'll hop in with just one more thing, kind of building off on the resources. Um, I think with fitness too, as the future goes, you know, we're also taking into account digitization. I know that the past couple of years being virtual has had its challenges, but I think we've learned a lot about technology and we've been able to connect with people in ways we haven't done before, um, or there's a lot of benefits to technology too. So we do have a fitness app called SO Fit Now, and it's a really great tool for athletes to be tracking these different physical activity minutes or their nutrition things. They can also check out resources. So I think as we look to the future of fitness, I'd love to see more use of that app, but also see what other ways we can just make some of, you know, make fitness easier. And maybe it is a fitness app, maybe it's another resource, but I do think digitization will definitely be a key for fitness in the future as well. In a few words, can you answer that question? What does encouragement mean to you? Big question, Abe. I'll be the first one to go, <clears throat> excuse me, to answer that question. But inclusion to me, um, 
especially when we're talking about our youth and, you know, the future of the world we want to see, not just the future of our work, but the future of, you know, our world is I see inclusion as um, students and youth of all different abilities, cultures and colors coming together to really break down the barriers that limit uh, access to health for everybody. Yeah, I think Sean hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I would say the same thing. Opportunities for all. We want everyone to be able, no matter your ability, to be able to have access to health care and the opportunity to live your best quality of life. I think for me, inclusion means that everyone has an opportunity to both be a participant and also be a leader. Whether that's being able to participate in a physical activity challenge by tracking the distance a person rolls a wheelchair or runs, or if it means an athlete learning how to talk to their local parks and recreation about building more trails or bike lanes to support physical activity, I want to see everyone have a chance to both be a participant and be a leader. Um, and I think for me, I think I could say it in a few words or a few sentences, but I think if I'm really narrowing it down, I think inclusion means love. I mean, we're all loving each other. We're all working together where it doesn't matter if you have a disability or not, or if you have any difference at all, because love is just that common ground. Thank you all for joining the Inclusion Revolution podcast. The work you do enhances the lives of our athletes and families, both on and off the playing field. I know I can speak for A myself when I tell you, you are more motivated than ever to reach our fitness goals and become even better athletes. It was so great to have you all on the show today. Thank you for listening to Inclusion Revolution Radio. Don't forget to subscribe. Tune in again in two weeks for a new episode.